Welcome to Ion Franchising. Are you looking for business opportunities? Well, you are in the right place. We represent over 650 franchises and business opportunities. We will help you find your perfect franchise for free. We even have a free assessment on our website that will help us determine what the best business is for you based on your investment level, mindset, skill set, and life experiences. This is Ion Franchising, where we share our vision for your franchise future. I'm your host, Lance Growlick. Each week, we will speak to fascinating folks from the world of franchising, franchisors and founders, franchise funders, and franchisees. Are you looking to find your perfect franchise? Or perhaps you are an independent business owner looking to grow and scale your business by setting up a franchise. Either way, our team can help you. Ion Franchising, where you will learn the A to Zs of franchising. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ion Franchising. I am your host, Lance Gralick, and today I have, of course, another couple of amazing special guests. So our first guest, our first guest, entrepreneur, since 2010, he has been with Neighborly Brands. And we'll talk about Neighborly Brands. And he was there in the era when Neighborly went from a whopping 1,300 locations all the way to 5,000 plus locations today. So my first guest, Vice President, of franchise development for Neighborly Brands and today's special brand we're going to be discussing, Window Genie. So welcome, Pat Highland. Thank you for having me, Lance. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Pat. And next guest, uh, well, let's see. Let's see how I can go back and give you the best synopsis of this amazing serial entrepreneur. He's owned three businesses, and unfortunately, we all remember 2008. It wasn't so good for many of us, and he lost it all in 2008. But this is not a sad story. All the way, made the comeback, owned other businesses. 2019, he sold his business for over a million bucks. And he is the president of Window Genie and a franchisee, a former franchisee of Window Genie. And I'm going to let him tell you the story the president of Window Genie, David Flax. Welcome, David. Thank you, Lance. Appreciate you having me here today. Hopefully I did a pretty good job on that. I wanted to have some extra buildup. <laughs> I think you did. I'll give you an A. Perfect, perfect. Well, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, so let's start with the, I always call it the obvious question, how do two entrepreneurs end up at Window Genie? You've had your successes over the years, so let's talk about that. Uh, who wants to go first? Let's start with how you got into franchise. I'll go first. Perfect. So as you mentioned before in my story, I have been a former business owner. My career right out of college, I was actually an accountant, a CPA. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. I like to refer to myself as a recovering accountant. <laughs> so, and, But I did the right thing. My mom told me to get an accounting degree and I listened to my mother. So I was a good boy. So good. after, <laughs> yeah, that's always a good thing, listening to mom. So after about three years, I realized that Accounting really wasn't for me, uh, or I wasn't for it, either way, depending on how you look at it. And I went into sales and became a recruiter or a headhunter. After about three years in that business, decided to open up my own business. And I owned two different recruiting firms up until, like you said, 2008. And 
times were great when they were great. But ultimately, I got hit by the perfect storm in 2008 during the Great Recession, wound up losing my business, losing my house, losing the cars. And I was about 40 years old at the time. And I was left with two choices, either move back home with my wife and two kids and move in with mom and dad, Hmm. or take whatever was left in my 401k account, cash it out and buy a window genie franchise. And that seemed like the logical option to me. I love it. In all all seriousness, what really led me into franchising and led me to window genie was being a former business owner, an independent business owner, not being in a franchise. I had a, a lot of success, but I also, as I mentioned, had failure. And when all that hit me, my manlyhood was crushed. And I have no idea how this happened, if it's a God thing or what, but somebody had recommended to me that I read the book, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Yes. And that's probably the first book I had read since I graduated college. So I really have no idea looking back why I read that book and listened to whoever told me to read it. But I did. And on doing some self-reflection, what I realized is that I was the pie maker baking pies. I was an excellent recruiter and an excellent salesperson. And I basically, I had for 12 years, a recruiting firm that I was doing the recruiting in and I had a revolving door around me. My Mm -hmm. biggest failure as an owner there was being able to create systems and train other people to replicate what I was doing. So there was no way out. And it didn't matter how much money I made because I remember days at lunch where I would go to a a quiet place and think about how miserable I was. All it was was a revolving door and I was a sole proprietor. So that what appealed to me about franchising was that the very essence of a franchise is a set of systems that is repeatable and replicable and can be done over and over again. So I started doing uh, some research of franchises, came across Window Genie, and I totally bought into the plan, if you will, and believed in myself enough that I'd be a good manager and that I could execute the plan. I'm happy to say it works. What a great story. I love it. I love it. Pat, what say you? Give me your, uh, your history. Yeah, mine's a, a different journey. You know, I don't necessarily know many people kind of like David's story that ends up thinking they're ever going to finish high school, finish college and end up in franchising. I don't think it's ever on somebody's radar, but we in 1993, I moved from Minnesota down to the Dallas-Fort Worth area and started a manufacturing business, which was a, a, a service business at that time that we converted into a manufacturing business. So we started manufacturing this equipment, which was ventilation cleaning equipment, air filtration devices, dryer vent cleaning equipment. And along the way, I got to meet the neighborly brands like Rainbow International and AirServe and Mr. Appliance, as well as other franchises and independent contractors. So we started selling our equipment to the franchisees. So Lance, it's been over 29 years that I've been around neighborly. As David was (laughs) telling his story, I just started thinking over half of my life, I've been around this company and their franchisees and franchising and built the business and God blessed us in the business. We built up to over 13 and a half million dollars a year in revenues. And I had an opportunity to sell my interest in 2010. And I was actually going to go out and be a franchise consultant and represent a lot of the franchise relationships and the brands that I had. 
And my wife was from a small town out in Louisiana and we were living in the Dallas Fort Worth area and she wanted to get out of the Metro mess. So she thought that was Tennessee somewhere. Right. Well, I ended up just securing all these relationships. And then I talked to Neighborly at that time and they said, hey, we just launched this new brand here at, at Neighborly, which was going to be their seventh brand. And I said, yeah. And I told my wife, she goes, Waco, Texas is not Tennessee. And uh, she goes, that's going the wrong direction. And Waco wasn't cool back then, right? You didn't have yeah. Chip and Joanna Gaines and the fixer upper thing going on. We were known for other things, but we made the move. And I've been with the brand since 2010, representing several of the brands in my role. But in addition to that, one of the things that happened was I drank the Kool-Aid, like David said. I drank the Kool-Aid and said, man, we need to do more of this because we had some personal challenges that happened in our life after our son suffered a severe traumatic brain injury during a gymnastics accident when he was 14. And our goal was to make sure that no matter what happened to my wife or I, he was going to be able to care for, be cared for the way we wanted to the rest of his life. So we went out and we invested a significant amount of our savings at that time to start our first franchise and ended up being uh, becoming multi-unit, multi-concept franchise owners in the space of franchising that we love today. And it allowed us to grow the business. I'm, I'm really just thankful, but also proud to say my wife ended up taking those businesses, was the number one franchisees out, uh, out of over 1,100 locations with that company and uh, sold her businesses to a private, a persistent private equity company that pursued her over the last two and a half years. Boy, they love to, franchises. Oh, they do. And um, they, if yeah, she, she did very well with that and sold just this last November in 2021. That's awesome. Well, congrats to both of you. And and getting to where you are today. So let's uh, sort of unwrap Window Genie. So let's start with, describe to me what Window Genie is and why would somebody want to be a franchisee? Sure. I'll start off, Pat. Is that all right? Yep. So Window Genie is a home services company. We have multiple revenue streams. We do window cleaning, pressure washing, holiday lighting, gutter cleaning, and window tinting. So multiple revenue streams. We're not a fancy, trendy thing, right? This right. is not a cool new yogurt shop or a, uh, <laughs> a juice factory with health juice or you know something trendy, which is actually what one of the things that appealed to me about it. It's steady. It's right. needed, right? It is something that's never going away. That's what we, uh, the services that we offer. We are, one of the ways that I like to describe Window Genie is say that we are a marketing company. We are excellent at branding and marketing. I would say that our branding and marketing is second to none. And our competition is in the rearview mirror, in, a distant, in the distant rearview mirror yeah. compared to our branding and marketing. And I think that that's really one of the things that makes us special, right? We are, this is not a cold calling business. You don't do cold calls. You're not knocking on doors. There's right. no retail space at a fortune of money. Um, it could be started from home if somebody wants or with small, cheap warehouse space, which keeps overhead really low at the beginning, which yeah. makes it easier to get to break even. So right. I like to think that we're a, like I said, a marketing business that just happens to be doing some home services. Couple that with um, some of the things that, you could see if you're doing research on Window Genie, a high repeat business rate, 
nearly 50% of all of our business is from repeat customers, Man. which is, yeah, I mean, that is an amazing statistic. And it's something that's just not going away. Interestingly enough, our Neighborly's CEO, Mike Bidwell, uh, recently said, and it's pretty true, in today's world, especially during COVID, all of a sudden, home services, we've become sexy. So while I said we're not, in today's day and age, we're the new sexy. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was telling somebody the other day, he said he was interested in a restaurant franchise, one of my one of my candidates. And I said, yeah, everybody thinks restaurants are, are, are a sexy business. And I said, let's talk home services. Let's talk home care. You know, and we it, it was just funny that you brought that up because we in the business tend to describe certain things as sexy. Making money is sexy. Let me comment on one thing you brought up. You know, so many people that are listening that maybe have never explored franchises are still determining, you know, is a franchise right for them? And one of the many reasons franchising is right for so many people is exactly what you just said. Because sure, you can go start your own business and and sort of risk it all going into, you know, the darkness, so to speak. You don't know what's in front of you. You're doing this all by yourself. Neighborly has hundreds of people in the marketing department. There's people doing branding. Um, You have the entire support structure going, uh, you know, to make sure that franchisees are successful. How do you compete with that on an independent basis, right? Yeah, you you can. And that's, that's the beauty of it is the economies of scale, Lance, is the way my wife and I even looked at it. How much would it cost to just, you know, hire somebody for marketing? At that time, it was $48,200 right out of college with no experience, much less to be an expert in that space. Well, at Neighborly, you have over 150 experts in their field in the brands that they represent to create the value. So if you look at it all that with all the systems, how much would that cost an independent business owner? You know, do I think my wife's smart enough and could she go out and do it? But how long would that have to take to figure out what works and doesn't work? And I think that's why franchising is becoming so sexy not just in the service space, but as David said, but just really appealing to entrepreneurs. Here's the bigger part of it that we realized when we started the business, and we see this even today in all of our brands. Not only does everything change quickly, okay, but the pace of change is changing fast. Yeah. Meaning, you know, when I got my marketing degree years ago, guess what? The number one medium was Yellow pages, guess what? I don't think you're going to find that anymore. But you, the way you find customers today in the digital world is not the same as it was two years ago. And it won't be two years from now. So how do you keep up with that as an independent business owner? It's aligning yourself with a company and an organization that is at the forefront of that. So you can focus on creating your culture, building out your organization, and not all the minutia that has to go along with it, which is important. Now, I was going to add, if someone's out there and listening to this and they're wondering, you know, why franchising versus an independent business? I mean, Pat really just touched on economies of scale. But it, here's another reason that I think is simplified. Because you're going to be going into business for yourself, but not by yourself. And there's a big difference. And I've experienced both in my life, where I went into business for myself Um, But I was all alone, requiring myself to create every wheel. The reality is in franchising, you don't need to recreate the wheel. 
you've got a perfected wheel if you join the right franchise, which kind of leads to Window Genie and Neighborly and the support structure that we offer. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find another organization that could provide operational support the way that Neighborly Companies and Window Genie does. You know, from We have franchise business coaches, and their role is really well defined, where they are true business coaches that are in touch with our business owners every day. And if you polled our owners, I believe that they would tell you that they view the franchise business coach as a partner in their business. You don't have a financial partner, but it's kind of like a, a board of directors. You, know, you don't need to make any yeah. major decisions on your own. You have other people to bounce the ideas off of. Yeah. Well, you know what I loved because I've owned several franchises over the years on the on the restaurant side, and you know the franchise business coach was really when you have metrics. Every brand has their KPIs, their key performance indicators, or business metrics. And, you know, alarm bells should be going off at the corporate office if you're not achieving the sales figures, if you're not achieving, you know, the, the margins, if depending on how you're reporting. And those franchise business consultants are going around and say, hey, Pat, you know, I noticed you're not really, you know, following the new protocols, whatever, whatever it is. And, and they're there to help. They're there to police the brand and protect the brand. So that's the thing that a lot of people don't, you, you said it perfectly, David, the old you know, you're in business for yourself, not by yourself. And it's not just the corporate staff, it's other franchisees. You have best practices that, you know, I, if I've said it once, I've said it enough times now, the, the filet of fish at McDonald's was not invented essentially by corporate. It was a franchisee that gave the recipe to corporate and said, we need this sort of fish sandwich. Same thing as the, as the Big Mac, I think it was as well. So, it's working together that makes franchising, you know, so effective, right? Absolutely. So, so I want to get to what does it cost, David? Why don't you? Well, actually, either one of you take this. What's the investment in a Window Genie franchise? Yeah, to open up a Window Genie franchise, the all-in investment, including franchise fee, all the tools, equipment necessary, and working capital to get off the ground, which is designed to be enough to get you to break even, typically ranges from about. 85,000 to, or I think it's 87,000 to $187,000. And that just varies depending upon the size of the territory. Right. And do you have a lot of people that are multi-unit that have multiple territories? We do not. What we do, depending on how you look at it, the true answer is no, we don't. But we have some people that own territories of 50,000 households and their income goals may be a lot less than someone who owns a half a million households. Right. Got it. That makes sense. That makes sense. So let's talk about David, uh, or I should say, Pat, when you're recruiting for, and you're speaking to candidates that want to join Window Genie, we we all know, us three, that it's a two-way street. You know, you're, you want to find the right candidates and, and, you know, you want to make sure they fit. So how do you know somebody fits with Window Genie? And when do you know they don't fit? Oh, that's great. And it's probably the reason I joined Neighborly myself is because of the culture. When Neighborly goes out and looks, you know, I shared with you that we were the seventh brand at that time when I started with Neighborly back in 2010. And mind you, it took right. over well over 30 some years to get to that point. Today, we have 29 brands internationally and doing, uh, you know, just over $3.3 billion in 2021. And so when you grow, we look at growing in three ways at Neighborly, and this ties into your question. 
that I think it's important. Number one, we look at unit level economics, always improving our franchisees unit level economics. That's critical from a neighborly standpoint from, from our seat, uh, growth team down. Second of all, we look at filling in the white space. When we go into an area where we don't have a window genie, but we have a Molly made and Mr. Handyman, the grounds guys, we go in there and we bring that in because then we can leverage the customers within those other brands. And the third area is really looking for acquisitions of other brands that complement our services. Well, even when we look for brands to come into the neighborly fold, they have to match our culture. You wouldn't believe how many franchisors are out there that may be a good business model for this reason or another, but they don't align well. And, and our code of values, Lance, isn't something we just hang on the wall. It's something we live every single day. When we have two, uh, three or more team members in a meeting, and you know virtually today how many times that can happen, yeah. we recite our code of values before every meeting. And it's really the foundation. So as we're looking for this, when we're looking for people, what happens is we start attracting people that like a great culture, that have a very good value set for them and, and really integrity and, and the things that people are looking with in a business, they start coming to us. And the other ones that aren't that way, honestly, start selecting themselves out of the process. Yep. They don't like to be happy or have that positive culture. And, and they see that that's who neighborly is. So we take them through a quality decision-making process, ultimately, yep. to help them determine if it is the neighborly brand or one of our brands that, that would be a good fit for them. And if not, we point them in a different direction that we feel may make better sense for them. And yep. we do that in a very consultative way that we... If Neighborly today does not have to award one more franchise to be very successful and profitable, because our franchisees and our bases, which is different than we were decades ago, by the way, as an up and coming franchise or who had to sling franchises, right? So today we're looking for the right fit because my belief is that we can help anybody become successful in business today as a coach and align them and help them. But we'd rather do it with the right people that align it. with us. Yeah, I, I, Pat, I love the way that you answered that question. In fact, the, culture is critical. I would have answered it virtually the same way. And it's one of the reasons why I actually chose Window Genie. I knew I wanted franchising, but that was one of the reasons why I went into Window Genie. The culture is second to none. And it's largely in part because of who each of the individual owners are. Window Genie is comprised of a group of humans that are, I don't know how else to describe it except to say selfless. They're extremely giving. It's We're all competitive folks, or most of us are pretty competitive, but we're not competing with each other. We all have the same end goal in mind, you know, to make Window Genie a beloved household name. Because when we're able to do that, the resale value of all of our businesses is worth more money. So, and I love we specialize in having fun in the process. Gotta have fun. So if you were going to look at your top 10% of franchisees, what do they have in common? I know on the cultural fit, there's obviously a lot in common, but background, what was their career prior? It's probably all over the place, right? For sure. Yeah. The backgrounds are all over the place. We have recovering accountants. We have engineers. We've had veterinarians attorneys, people that come, the people that have owned restaurants, marketing people from corporate America, salespeople. It really is all over the place. I think when we look specifically at the top 
it's really more what are the characteristics of that individual that make them up personality traits i don't believe that prior experience is going to dictate your success in window genie it's what i'll call the x factor you know what is the x factor combination of things for one grit you've got to be gritty you've got to be willing to dig in yeah. and and let me tell you what i don't mean by that i don't mean that you should be someone who's willing to go out and clean a window. Well, that's all great. I will tell you that I never cleaned a window and I never did pressure washing and I owned and sold a successful business. That's not what I mean by grit. People that are willing to do whatever it takes. That's what how I'm going to define grit. Here's another big one. In abundance mindset. You know, there's two different types of mindsets, an abundance mindset and a fixed mindset. And um, having an abundance mindset and being open to always finding the solution as opposed to getting side railed when something doesn't go your way is critical because we all know on this call, former business owners, not everything goes your way every day. It doesn't. But how you react to it and how you deal with it really separates the men from the boys and the women from the girls. So an, an abundance mindset is critical. Good leadership skills is something else that's important. You know, we are, it is a blessing when you think about it as entrepreneurs, how many people we get to employ in the United States. I have employed a ton of people. And anytime, there's seldom times that I get to look back and reflect on that. But when I do, personally, I'm super proud of that, that I was able to help other people make a living, but it's critical to be a good leader because people quit bad bosses. They really don't quit their jobs. They yeah. quit bad bosses. So being good leaders is a critical skill, um, being good managers of people. And the last trait is we don't need to hire salespeople to be a successful window genie owner, but people that are salesy, meaning it's easy for them to have a conversation with another human being, a complete introvert and there's nothing wrong with introverts but if you're never willing to be on the phone talking to people shaking people's hands and promoting your business you would struggle in this business that's so well said david and, and you know from the development side our job is to bring people in front of david right that we've got to capture a lot of that through the through the quality decision-making process, but some of the things that also stand out are, are they well-capitalized upfront? That is important in any business. I would right. say, well, how do our Top Gun franchisees become Top Gun within our business? They came in typically and made sure they didn't overbuy. A lot of times, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs go, I need to buy this market or this whole Central Texas or North Texas. And if I don't, I'm losing opportunity later, right? Well, right. the problem when you do that is you come in on a shoestring budget and you start making decisions that aren't right. So making sure that you have the right financing or funding behind you or capital to get there, it, you know, to, from day one. The other one is there's really two things. And I think if you talk to our Top Gun franchisees, you'd find this out is how did you become so successful? I guarantee you within the first two or three sentences, they'd say, because I did what they told me to do. I started following the systems. That's it. Nothing more. Because there's two things we cannot control at Window Genie or any franchisor can control. 
how much of the system somebody implements and how quickly they implement them. So it's going in there, not trying to reinvent the wheel. My wife, like I said, was number one, and it was great. And, and they do validation calls, right? And I, re, I was walking through the living room one day, and she had, I don't know, there was 13 groups on there. And they kept coming back saying, how did you become so successful? Yeah. Well, I did what they told me to do. Everybody well, wants to know that secret sauce. What else is there? There is no other golden egg hanging out yeah. somewhere, secret sauce. It's They've proven the model out. So it's taking that energy, the leadership experience, like David said, and running with it. Yeah. No, I love this is all great stuff. So now let's describe, well, we'll we'll talk about your your selection process and how it works from, you know, sort of start to finish. You know, when an average person uh, I'm on a first call with somebody talking about uh, franchise opportunities if they they've never explored franchise opportunities before, you know, some people, not all, some people are a little bit hesitant like what's this like? Are they going to force me to buy something? And I said Nobody's asking you to swipe your credit card after the first phone call. That's not how this works. It's a it's a fairly long, you know, lengthy process. So let's talk about it, Pat. So you you know you have a lead that comes in, and uh, you know uh, someone like me introduces a candidate. You have a first phone call with them, and let's start with that and go right through validation. And and you know I really want to emphasize validation and you know your FTD and all that item nineteen. Let's talk about all those pieces. Yeah, that's great. So when we receive a candidate from a coach or a consultant, we'll get some background typically. But that first initial phone call is to do a couple of things. Number one, for us to share with them a little bit more about us as a brand, right? And they're going to have some high level questions, who we are, what do we do, what's our model look like, what's appealing about it, but also for us to learn more about what their goals are and their background. And, and literally, like you said, uh, Lance, this is a process. It's not an event right. when you get involved with, with us in our process. So that first call is really kind of getting to know each other, what your goals are, where your interests are, because a lot of times a candidate may not be only looking at us, uh, at, at our brand, right? They may have two or three other opportunities that they're being considered with, with the coach, right? Which is good. And, and everybody, it's in everybody's best interest to make sure we're all looking to find out what's best for that candidate mm -hmm. and their goals. So we kind of match that. And uh, many times is if the candidate says, yeah, I'm really interested in going to the next step. Then what we do is we set up another call, much more intensive call of really going through our model, our systems. How do we market our product and services? How do we sell it? How do we lead the teams? How do we you know, go out there and make sure, you know, the, the management uh, part of it, the human side of the business is done. How do we go out there from a technical side and get all the work done? And you go through all that, right? Answering the questions that the candidate has. And if we still have interest in with one another at that point, we will be moving them shortly on after that to talk to franchisees to see what their experience is in the field out there running their business compared to what we're disclosing to them. Yeah. And, and that's a great reality versus expectations. You got it. That's exactly right. And just make sure they're right sized, right? And and here's the other thing we do is we mirror and match. We don't always just pigeonhole the same person to the same validator every single time because they're our top. We want to take somebody, maybe they have the same background, same industry, maybe they maybe they come from the military and they're a veteran and it might match them or the, the size of, 
of territory or if you know you're not going to talk to maybe somebody in a waco texas area that's looking in a dallas fort worth area right maybe you're yeah. going to match them up with somebody in atlanta so we really try to mirror and match them with somebody that really they could relate a little bit better with yeah love it but I, I was just going to say as pat was talking i was thinking you know, this it's really not a hardcore sales process and it does like you said Lance, this, it takes time this is not a decision that somebody should rush into um right. it's a it's a life altering and changing decision it's like getting married you know yeah absolutely you got you got a date before you get married for sure so interestingly enough what really sells franchises in my opinion are the existing franchise owners validation is critical right hearing from them what's going on is really what dictates whether or not a person would want to do it or not hearing from them because the reality is and this is nothing to do with window genie or neighborly in franchising anybody that's trying to sell something is trying to sell what needs to be sold right by the very nature of it the owners are all independent owners they don't get compensated to say nice things so it's super important i can't stress the importance of um of validation yeah and it's interesting because from my experiences uh from my experience validation it, it's almost like a sorority fraternity type feel if there is uh, a franchisee of your brand that's having a conversation with a prospect that maybe doesn't really fit uh they'll they'll tend to shake them up a little bit and and, and you know rattle the cage if you will to, to get to the point and, and maybe even come back and give you guys feedback that, yeah, I don't really think that person's right for our brand or, you know, because at the end of the day, I mean, aren't you awarding a franchise or not at the end of the day? It's, it's, it's not automatic. That's correct. It's not something else I think is important. I didn't mean to cut you off no, no, good. if I did, but, you know, throughout the process, each prospect is going to get an opportunity to review the franchise disclosure document, right? The FDD. And in the FDD is an item 19. For and for those of you listening that have never seen a franchise disclosure document, it is the legal document that's part of the Federal Trade Commission. We're basically in the government that regulates franchising. Item number 19 is the earnings claim or the financial representation. So uh, what is, uh, sorry, David, so take that away on the item 19. Yeah. So the reality is in an item 19, anybody could put numbers in there as long as they could claim a source. So it can be hard to decipher with. So like in, in our specific item 19, the in the one that's currently out there, there are really two numbers that are disclosed. One's our average invoice price, which I believe was, was using 2020 numbers. So in 2020, our average invoice across all services was $346. Then it also gives you your recurring or repeat business rate. And ours, as I mentioned before, is close to 50%. I think it's around 48 or a little over 48% in the FDD. Just because you have numbers in there, you know, what does it really mean? I would encourage somebody who's looking at Window Genie, take those numbers during validation, talk to a franchise owner out there and say, is 346 an average invoice price? You know, flush it out, validate it, make sure it makes sense and start asking questions like, how many jobs do you do a day? All of a sudden, you could start to put together a prospect and put together on their own how much money this business could generate. And then you start looking at what the repeat business rate is and, and validate that too. 
ask yeah. a, ask an existing owner, how much repeat business do you have? When people start hearing that, it becomes pretty attractive. The prospects well, of owning a window, Jenny, can be pretty attractive. Yeah, and the repeat part of it, because one of the things, Lance, I was astounded with when I came to know the brand was, did you know that 90% of all the new customer acquisitions that Window Genie gets have never had their windows cleaned? Yeah, that, that's a critical that, statistic. That is, why is that important? Because we will continue to go out with the marketing that's proven to generate new customers that haven't had the services and 50% of them, up towards 50%, are having it repeated after that. So think of the book of business and the amount of customers that you continue to grow while you're adding new customers that have never had that service done before. So what's prompting these customers to say, I need to hire a window genie? I'll give you what Pat was referring to, the 90% specifically relates to window cleaning. So we've tracked that data. 90% of our first-time window cleaning customers, which represents about 50% of our overall revenue as a system, tell us they've never gotten their windows cleaned before. When we dig into that and you ask a customer why, what we hear is, I didn't know that residential window cleaning was a thing. I thought it was the guy that cleaned the skyscraper in the building that I work in or or the bucket bob that cleans the strip mall. People had no idea that that was an actual service, that you could pay somebody to do that at your home. What prompts them is, and this is where our marketing strategy really works and where it'll kind of tie into the beginning of the call when I said we're a marketing-driven company. We happen to be doing some home services. We have it nailed down with specific mediums. I'll give you an example. I call it the two-by-four. Before I explain the two-by-four, go sideways for a second. If you don't know that something exists, you're not going to Google it. Nobody goes to the Google machine to Google something they don't know exists. So they're not going to Google window cleaning most of the time, right? That 90% doesn't know that it exists. So we hit them with a two by four. Two by four in the form of a tried and true 25-year proven direct mail piece with a slogan that we have that is a, you know, a registered sales mark, dirty windows with a question mark. Interior and exterior window cleaning, a 25 windows. $149. I'm making those numbers up. A customer receives that and they say, $149? That's it? I'll take it. And they buy it. There's not even a shopping process. They're happy not to do it themselves. You right. know, most of our customers are middle America. Okay. You have either one working spouse with a stay-at-home mom or two working spouses that either don't have the time to do basic cleaning and maintenance around the house. Or they don't want to with their right. spare time, and they have enough disposable income to do it. The what makes us special? Window GD did not invent the squeegee. We did right. not perfect some solution to make windows clean better. What we did perfect is the marketing and branding and the customer experience that comes along with using a service. So something that I'm personally super proud of. If you're listening to this, you don't know what net promoter score is. Google net promoter score. Net promoter score is basically a measurement that really most large, sophisticated companies use to measure brand loyalty and customer satisfaction. Okay. You have the likes of really large companies like uh, Delta Airlines, Apple, and their NPS scores don't hold a candle to Window Genie's. Window Genie's NPS score, and if you don't know what NPS is, look it up, 
and look up what a good score is, Window Genie's NPS score is an 89. You are considered a world-class service company, world-class at a score of approximately 65. So what we perfected is how to deliver the service. We could take a regular service and tie someone to it emotionally where they feel like they can't live without it. And that is why we get the repeat business. And why well, they now so can't important. live without dirty windows. Yeah. yeah. That's right. They can't live yeah. with dirty windows. With dirty, with, they can't live with dirty windows. That's right. And they they need and clean windows. Where that's so impressive is because under net promoter score, you can have anyways from a negative 100 to a positive 100. It's not just zero to 100, right? So why that number is so impressive when I saw it was that we have so many more chances to mess it up because we're at a customer's home over and over again. So it shows that the systems and the model works when the when a owner implements. So in the final moments, guys, what did we miss today? What would you like people out there to know about Window Genie we have not covered? I've got something, if, and then I'm going to let you wrap it up, David, if you don't mind. I sure. think it kind of aligns with Neighborly as a whole, Lance. This just was in a meeting yesterday, and this came from our growth team down, and um, and I can share it because it's Neighborly as a whole, that in 2020, when COVID hit and the pandemic hit, our businesses grew over north of 8% during the pandemic. I'll share with you, my wife's businesses, we're in retail strips, strip centers and shopping stores, all of those shut down for months, right? And we still had to pay eight to $10,000 a month in lease while our franchisees' businesses continued to grow because they're essential services. And last year, in 2021, as we're still working through the recovery, our brands can collectively through Neighborly were just north of 24% in growth. So it's a very strong, as David said at the very beginning of this call, recession resistant model that is that is needed and that will continue to grow. And when I we look at businesses ourselves, so we've invested, you said, David, and Lance before, if I might say before the call, you said there's really three ways to make money. Be a great business owner, right? Invest in real estate and invest in the stock market. You know, they don't, I, I think most great business owners ultimately get to that point, but you need to start a business and do those things so you're able to diversify because you have many other avenues, but building that successful business from day one can be the first, you know, catalyst to help you get there. I want, you know, you just inspired a question. Are most of your owners owner operators? Not at all. Very few owner operators. Very few. We have less than a handful owner operators. Our owners are typically folks that come from corporate America. Uh, what I'll say, you know, mid-management, if you will, will never clean a window or climb a ladder. No, and, and, and I, would, I believe they're not cleaning windows. You did make that clear. And, and I should have uh, phrased it differently. As an owner-operator having a team, so they're not necessarily even participating. I mean, they're literally hiring a full team, including sales. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Love it. When you start day one, you're doing a little bit of everything except cleaning the windows, right? right? After that, as you grow, like when I had sold my business, I had two customer service reps, an office manager, an operations manager, 18 service professionals, somebody that was going out and doing estimates for me. I spent my time really promoting my brand in my local community. Gotcha. And, and that's what the majority of your owners are really doing. 
Yeah, I mean, and it changes over time. Like I said, day one, you start out, you are the person doing the estimates from right. day one, but it starts to change really quickly. Wonderful. David, your final thoughts? My final thoughts. If we, we, mi- about- if we missed anything other yeah. than call us because you should love us by now because there's a lot of great stuff here. Well, of course, that's a given. <laughs> you know, we talked a lot about window cleaning. Our name's Window Genie, but I want to emphasize, just put an emphasis on something Please else. Do. Window cleaning only makes up just under 50% of our revenue. That's what makes the phone ring the most because it's 50%. But from there, we also do gutter cleaning, holiday lighting, window tinting, and pressure washing. So we have multiple revenue streams. And here's the ultimate goal. With five different service verticals, the goal should be to acquire a customer and then see them twice a year until they leave your area and move someplace else. It is entirely possible to have Mrs. Jones clean her gutters with us in the fall, and then we clean her windows in the spring. The following fall, she gets the gutters cleaned, and in the summer, she pressure washes the house. In the following fall, she gets the gutters cleaned, and maybe she uses us to hang holiday lights for the next three years. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the possibilities are endless, and that is the goal. If an owner can get to the point where they see a customer every two years, we will have very wealthy, wealthy owners and make um, a lot of non-business owners wealthy, independently wealthy people over time. So right. that is the goal. I love it. Well, we all we all know by now that the hardest part about customer service is actually getting the customer in the first first place. So with your amazing performance and net promoter scores, clearly you're doing a great job of keeping those customers. So congratulations to all for all that those accomplishments. Thank you very much. And thank you, Pat, and thank you, David, for being here today. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll have a round two at some point in the future. I'd love that. Yeah, look forward to that. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye now. Thank you very much for listening today. Please like, follow, and subscribe so you don't miss anything here at Ion Franchising. Visit our website at ionfranchising.com. E-Y-E-O-N franchising.com and complete our free assessment so we can assist you in finding your perfect franchise. This is Lance Gralick. Until next time.